Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to it like Dan Red Wings. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Monday, July 26, 2021, and today's episode is brought to you by Lockdown NHL. The draft was this weekend. You need more hockey news, and Lockdown NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening across the league. Subscribe and listen each day uh, for a quick look at the biggest stories. Subscribe to Lockdown NHL today, wherever you get your podcasts. We are re capping round one of the 2021 NHL draft for the Detroit Red Wings on today's episode. I could not be more excited. Here's why we're not going to do rounds two through seven, because on Monday, I'm going to Team USA practice. I got a nice world junior showcase there, and there's going to be a lot of Red Wings picks from this year uh, in attendance. I'm going to be talking to Shea Bouillon. I'm hopefully going to be talking to uh, Carter Mazur. So we're going to be able to hopefully get some audio uh, from those interactions on the podcast for Tuesday's show and get to maybe expand on them just a little bit more. But for now, we are going to go over the two biggest picks of the entire draft at number six, it was Simon Edvinson, the defenseman from Forlunda. And at number 15, it was Sebastian Cosa, the goaltender from the WHL's Oil Kings. Uh, Scotty Bentley, Nolan Bianchi here with you today. Scotty, talk to me about this Red Wings first round. You and I went down to LCA. We hung out at the draft party. Eklund was still on the board at six. They go with Simon Edvinson. Uh, not necessarily a, a, a pick that's surprised by any stretch of the imagination, but William Eklund was a prospect who was very highly touted. I had him going to Buffalo at number one. None of that ended up happening. We went chalk for the first couple uh, picks, but with Eklund still on the board, they go Edvinson. Uh, the definition of, of raw prospect, uh, your thoughts. For sure. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I mean, I, I said it, I think I said it on air before I've made the analogy the comparison rather a lot. So I, I feel like I've said it on, on this forum before, but, uh, it, it really is, uh, very similar to the Tigers draft pick Jackson Job in the sense that you're, you're taking a guy that, uh, has one of the highest ceilings. If, I mean, you know, there, there are plenty of very, way more highly regarded people than myself that say the highest ceiling in the draft, uh, but also uh, undeniably one of the lowest floors of the premier kind of like top 10, top 15 picks in this draft. Um, so you're definitely getting, like you said, raw talent is, is there, but it, but it is raw. And uh, that's one where, it, when it when the pick is first made, you're kind of like, wow, that's a little gutsy. But then you uh, you kind of think, you know what? You're getting a guy that is is one of the one of the one of if not the highest ceiling in the entire draft, and and it's a Steve Eiserman pick with that <laughs> with that clause on it. I'm gonna be pretty happy about it. So it was. Uh, well, we'll talk about the other pick later because there was a theme that was going on of, of me, yes. of people thinking that, that me being surprised meant that I disapproved. And that is not a reality at all that we will definitely get into more with the, with the second pick, but um, 
but yeah, I, I mean, I, I, again, it's something that that's, that was, I, I, it doesn't surprise me in hindsight that we took him, but it definitely wasn't something that I was expecting either. Uh, and yeah. something that, that even though Edvinson wasn't at the top of like my personal board was, uh, something that I got over very quickly because you're putting uh, someone with, with, with consensus this high of a ceiling uh, in a, in a Steve Eiserman system. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pumped about it, honestly. Well, it was, a, it was just a really weird, interesting draft in general. Right. And I know we said, we're only going to talk about round one, but uh, I think a lot of the Red Wings picks were picks that I did not expect. Um, you know, Shea Booyam, he was not really on my radar before Saturday and he ends up going 36 overall in the draft. Carter Mazur, same thing with him. I looked him up. He wasn't really on a lot of scouts uh, radars either. Uh, Red Savage, um, you know, Liam Dower Nielsen, he was somebody that I was kind of familiar with. He ends up going in the fifth round. Uh, and so I think it was just a, a really weird draft where, I mean, Autu Ratu, who my bold prediction was, I don't think he's going to end up falling past 12. I think somebody's going to eventually just take a stab on him. He ends up falling all the way to 52, going to the Islanders, where you're like, oh, the Islanders, like what, for a, a guy like that? But Also well, 52, man. At 52, exactly. Like, you I'm, remember how much he was talked about like during, like, last fall and, and, and where they were around when the season kicked back up, like, Oh my gosh, that that's just so crazy to think about. And, and looking back on it. So I want to unpack uh, maybe some of these, these things about Evanson, right? Because yes, it is raw skill. Um, but I think, you know, outs like, I don't think that he has maybe as much room to go as people might be expecting. I wonder if maybe the uh, pushback against his decision-making, which is not good. Like I will get out in front of that right now. Like his, his decision-making, especially in defensive zone is not good. It needs a lot of work, but I often wonder how much of that, um, you know, how much of the scrutiny that it's been, it's been put under has been, simply because we're looking at through the paradigm of him being a top five, top 10 pick. And, you know, when it comes to his defense, there's a lot there. Like there's, there's not nothing. He's a pretty solid defender. His biggest problem is, you know, he gets the puck at the goal line or he gets a puck at the hash marks or he gets a puck at his own blue line. And he simply just makes the wrong decision, whether it's a lazy pass through the middle of the zone, whether it's a half-hearted bank off the boards, just trying to get it out and not really worrying what happens after that. There are a, a lot of objective, objective, objectable, objectable flaws uh, in his game. I don't think defense is one of them. And I think that's certainly going to help him, him get kind of brought along. And one of the things that Chris Draper said in the uh, press conference on Friday night, he was talking about, uh, you know, obviously his size. They kept referring to him as six, four and a half uh, elite prospects as I'm listed at six, five. But I just thought that was funny. That they kept throwing the and a half in there. Uh, 207 pounds. He's huge. He can move. He's got some incredible instincts. Uh, but the thing that I was referencing what Draper said he talked about the fact that Evanson wanted to add strength. And I think that sometimes the conversation can get a little bit of convoluted when you're talking about a prospect size, because yes, he's gigantic. Six, five is no small human, but he's also 17 years old. And he also played a lot in a men's league, which is, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't even say as in part, uh, you know, do, you know, part of the reason that he made a lot of these mistakes, because frankly, he was making, a lot of these defensive zone mistakes in, in a lot of different levels 
uh, men's league, juniors league, whatever you want to call it. But when it comes to the strength, I, all, I, I, I've been wondering ever since he made that comment, how much of his lack of strength lends itself to him making those puck moving mistakes. Is there any part of him that's worried about taking a hit when he's got the puck at his goal line? He sees a, def- uh, a defender or two coming at him. Is he worried about being able to, uh, you know, make the, the, the silky play there. And then he ends up just doing something half-hearted that, that, you know, turns it over because he doesn't want to get crunched into the boards. I don't know. But when I look at a lot of his passes, uh, you know, the, the, I was watching some film on him over these past couple of days. And when you watch the plays that he makes that, you know, kind of draw scrutiny, it almost looks like his thought process is, well, I'd rather turn it over in the neutral zone than turn it over at the goal line, or I'd rather, you know, put the puck into space over here than have it stolen from me. Right. Right. At, you know, in my deep in my own defensive zone. Um, and has that lack of confidence contributed to those those plays where his it because it, it's like his heart's not really in it, you know? Like it's not, it's 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 confusing. And you kind of like you have to think that that's not the case. It's not that his heart's not in it, but that can come from a lack of confidence. That can come from a way of not wanting to uh you know be lined up in the railroad tracks. Maybe he feels clumsy. It's not easy to be, you know, six five and playing contact sport and not having a lot of muscle on you. Sure. I, I, the, the biggest thing for me is that to me and how I evaluate people, that sounds developable. Mm-hmm. That sounds like something that, that you put them in a system, you, you set, you set the system up, no, no matter where he, he plays going forward, whether it's um, well, not going forward this, this next year, immediately, right. Like you put him in a in a in a decent system that that can revolve around his strengths and and like you said his weaknesses, and I I think just the most important part for me is that those those uh, those sound not only do they sound developable developable they sound very developable I think those are traits that that uh, that just he's young. And like we said at the beginning, and like everyone said, we all know he's, he's, he's raw. And uh, I think that's just one of the things that, that a lot of the things you mentioned are things that come with being, I don't know, labeled as uh, as, as more of a raw talent. And I think that, uh, that there are things that aren't developable. There mm-hmm. are. And I don't think any of his glaring weaknesses that that you talked about there are fall into that category and i think that's just the most encouraging for me let's quickly go over the the red wings draft picks from this draft though so if you're just catching up and you're just kind of getting your feet under you you were hoping we were going to go over the entire draft class today i apologize uh but we are going to go in pretty deep on them over the course of the next week we got a couple things lined up with a couple of your favorite prospect writers so uh we will get more into these guys over the course of the week but we got round two number 36 overall shea Bouillon. round three 70th overall carter missouri round four 114th overall uh, Redmond Savage, maybe my Red Savage, maybe my favorite name, absolutely my favorite name <laughs> of the draft class. I really don't know all that much about him, uh, but he's immediately one of my favorite Red Wings. Uh, Liam Dower Nielsen, round five, number 134 overall. Uh, number 155 overall, you got defenseman Oscar Plandowski, uh, good, nice, strong defender. Uh, and then in round six, 
we'll, we'll get into this at a later time, but maybe one of the most interesting picks for the Red Wings in this draft was Pasquale Zito. I love the pick simply because I, I just love me a good Italian name, uh, especially in the NHL like this, but he's somebody who did not play his draft season. He didn't have a 2021 season because he's an OHL Windsor Spitfire and they didn't play because th- that league got canceled. He didn't end up going overseas. So he was a guy who had 13 points in 46 games in his 1920 season didn't play at all and still, you know, draws a six round pick from the Detroit Red Wings. I thought that was really interesting. Just betting on a guy who nobody's seen. Uh, and then in the sixth round, they finish it off with, or no, that was his, that was the last pick. Okay. So uh, yeah, just, just an overall, a really interesting draft. Uh, how funny was it though, that I said before draft day that the Red Wings were going to draft Sebastian Cosa simply because we ran out of time to profile him. And that's exactly what happened. It is certainly what happened. It was yes. a real shame. In a big way. It, it was a real shame. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about Bill Bar. Did you know that Bill Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everybody. It's not just the most delicious tasting protein bar on the market, but they're actually healthy too. Check out these macros, Scotty. One built bar, you get 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from only 130 to 180. That's nothing. Mm-hmm. Only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. If you don't know all the built bar flavors, well, you're missing out. They got coconut, they got cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. My favorite right now, one that I've been having for these last couple of days, is the German chocolate. I like me uh, uh, some nice, rich flavor, and that gives me exactly what I need while powering me up to take on the rest of my day. Not to mention, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Isn't that neat? If you turn on the Olympics tonight and you see somebody running across the track and wearing red, white, and blue with an American flag on it, you can bet that they were filled by Built Bar to, to run that race. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off of your order as you begin your quest to uh, at least look like an Olympic athlete. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Back to Litstrom, couldn't one-time it. Lidstrom to Zetterberg. Cornwall shooting. Score! Cornwall wins it. 400 for Chris Osgood. All right, Scotty, segment two here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are a proud member of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It is your team every single day. We got five episodes a week up until the end of July. They're giving us a month off. And by month off, I mean, we're going down to three episodes a week. Uh, So be on the lookout for that. We're going to take a little bit of a, uh, it's not even a pause. It's just, you know, we're we're dialing it back for about a month. Uh, So be on the lookout for that. But for the next week, we're going to be bringing you stuff every single day. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings. Uh, We update that page every single day with our new episode. So if you miss one, uh, you can be reminded. Scott, let us continue with our conversation about Simon Evanson. Uh, I mentioned the, the defense. Will Scouch tends to believe that there was an effort in this past year to make him more comfortable as a defense first player in the hockey else Fenskin. And that there's a thought that once he gets more comfortable making those dependable plays with the puck, without the puck, that he will eventually turn into the rock star that people are hoping for. And when he talked about the developable things, I kind of wanted to continue on about that because one of the people he referenced specifically in this video was William Wallinder. He was a Red Wings first pick of the second round in 2020. 
he is a kind of a similar defenseman. But what Will found it necessary to point out was that they're not really that similar because William Wallinder has a lot of trouble on the defensive end. William Wallinder also going to be at the World Junior Summer Showcase. I'm I, I want to plug this by the way. If you haven't, like if you're if you are itching to go see some hockey, they got $10 tickets. You can go down, check them out. There's gonna be seven Red Wings prospects playing in this showcase this week. And you're gonna, I believe everybody plays every day. So go check that out. Um but he, he he wanted to like reiterate that this is not that type of player. He's not a guy who's going to completely disappear in the defensive zone. I think that might be something to watch out for next year. What kind of game is Simon Evanson playing? Because when you see some of the offensive instincts that people talk about, it can blow your mind. When you see the lateral movement on the blue line, when you see the, the puck handling, it's beautiful at times. And it's it's almost shocking to me that he's so unable to make those plays with the puck on his stick when it comes to making the first breakout pass uh, or, you know, just, just hitting the guy in the neutral zone, whatever it may be. And I think that that is going to be a crucial thing to watch. Just what does he look like in terms of comfort level with the puck in his own defensive zone as he continues with for London next season? I think that uh, Iserman and Draper both kind of alluded to that being the plan. I think Edvinson said that he sound, he thought that that was going to be the plan as well. Um, and so I'll, I'll be really intrigued to see just kind of what type of role he plays on a full season in the SHL, uh, ideally playing with men. Uh, and I'm, I'm very excited because I think this could be a situation where it's a lot like most cider where, where, you know, you, you draft him, there's these problems about it. So the, the camp is kind of split on him. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, okay. That's why he drafted him. And then the train just never stops. And I don't want to throw those expectations on Simon Evanson. And I'm certainly not going to expect those things, but it's a very good possibility that once under a full season, you know, having all those resources in Sweden from the Red Wings organization we could see the type of turnaround or, or draft plus one year that Mo Sider had, like an as exciting of a season. Yeah, the 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 most the coolest thing about taking someone that that does have this kind of the jury is out on him, and and there's such a range of possibilities is that whether you like the pick or not, he's going to be one of, if not the most talked about player in the organization. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's going to be there's going to be a million clips of him after every single game he plays. And and there's going to be streams to try to watch him. And there's going to be he's going to be talked about after pretty much every game that that he plays good or bad. And uh, and <laughs> if, he, if he does well, you will hear about it. And I mm-hmm. think that that's some of the the, the that's the, the fun part of any of these prospects. That's why I love. That's why I love the the prospects in the lower leagues so much is is because of that. And I think, uh, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It it uh, it would be it would really be something if if we look back a year from now and then and we have two. I don't know. I don't want to. <laughs> I'm going to end up knocking on wood, but just have two two people showing out of 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 that length and of that age and that position. All, all at the same time would be pretty fun. What do you make of the size decisions that the Red Wings made in this draft? Because I don't think it was intentional by any means, but uh, they ended up drafting 
a handful of monsters. They go out and get him. He's six foot four and a half. They draft Sebastian Kosa. He's six Kosa foot six. They go out monster. in the second round and they draft Shea Booyam, who is six foot three. I love and it. The left side of your defense is looking pretty big uh, yeah. down the road. You know, add that to a group that also includes uh, Walinder and, and, you know, guys like that. So uh, I just love kind of the, the defense core that they're building here. I love it. I, I love, uh, I love the big burly boys. I, uh, I, I love it. All right. Uh, on that note, let's move into Sebastian Cosa. You and I were at the Red Wings draft party this weekend. Shout out to everybody we meet, met up with. Shout out to Justin. The eyes are playing Adriana, uh, Lena. Um, you know, it was, it was great to uh, meet everybody. The grind line pod guys were down there. We hung out with them quite a bit for most of the night. Uh, and it was a great time. It had been a while since I'd like been at a Red Wings event uh of any kind really and it was just really cool to kind of see people gathered in in one place for something like Mm -hmm. that um so let's break this down in real time how it happened because the red wings or the the nhl draft is moving its way through round one we get to 11 we get to 12 we get to 13 and no goalies had gone off the board yet at 15 a trade is announced the detroit red wings have traded up and i think that everybody I would say 80% of people at least, at least thought that Jesper Wallstead was going to be the, I I would say a goaltender who uh, has, has been pegged with hall of fame upside, a goaltender that we have been riding for this entire draft. Uh, The Red Wings come to the pick. They pick a goaltender. It is not Jesper Wallstead. It is Sebastian Cosa, the number two ranked goaltender on a lot of boards in this year's draft, we talked to our friend Mikhail Holm. He's our he's our most frequent recurring guest here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. A couple of things he said to me about Sebastian Cosa has been basically, I get really pissed off when people try and compare him to Wallstead because it's night and day. I had these conceptions in my head. I had we had the fact that we 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 had some set up with Jesper Wallstead. Nick <laughs> comes across. We're disappointed. And I just want to say right now that I honestly, genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, feel very, very bad about it Uh, because I was not disappointed that the Red Wings picked Sebastian Cosa. I was very disappointed that the Red Wings did not pick Jesper Wallstead. And I think it came off as us being upset about the Sebastian Cosa pick. And uh, as I was driving home on Friday night, I was kind of like just thinking about some of the things that people said to me. And I was like, I wish I could like have that back, you know? Um, And it was my own fault. I don't know, you know, how you feel about the situation, but I was just like, damn, it's a 17 year old kid. Um, From everything I've, I've heard and read after the fact, he's an amazing kid on top of being one of the best goalie prospects in this year's draft. Something I really loved about Chris Draper's interview uh, was that he said they had seven or eight conversations leading up to the draft. One, they had Chris Osgood on the call with them. And and Kosa, in all of these, was not only engaging, but he was asking questions himself. He was asking questions about what it means to be a Detroit Red Wing. Uh, I think he said he lit up when he when he heard a question about Dominic Kosick's work ethic. Um and then on top of the fact that in my research uh, over these last couple of days, I find out that he is from Fort McMurray. And if you are any, if you have any familiarity with that area of wildfires in 2016, 
forced the, I think it was like the biggest evacuation that Alberta has ever seen. Um, and he was forced to evacuate. I read this story that I just want to relay uh, to you guys from oilkings.ca. He said, I was driving with my mom one day and we saw so much smoke. I remember asking her if we were going to have to evacuate. He was 13 at the time, by the way, keep that in mind. There was so much uncertainty that I can remember leaving my door open when I went to bed at night so that I could hear if someone came knocking to tell us that we had to leave right away. I wanted to be ready. Skip further later, three days later, Kosa was at school and ready to head out for lunch. That's when everything took a rapid turn. We walked outside and the entire sky was just red and black. I went home, quickly finished packing things and we were evacuating. We left our house at 4.30 p.m. in the afternoon and finally got there around 7.30 a.m. the next morning. Track was bumper to bumper on the two-lane highway and some cars uh, pulled over to the side of the road because they had run out of gas from being stuck on the road from so long. We found out later that behind us, the fire was catching up to a friend in their vehicle, so we actually had to jump out of his Jeep and run ahead to his parents' vehicle. We were ahead of him on the highway. Outside of all that, he is an amazing goaltender. And... Uh, you know, just in the reflections over these last couple of days, I felt pretty bad because we outright said that we were extremely disappointed by the pick. And uh, I don't know. I just felt weird about that. Yeah. I mean, like I, yeah, uh, I, I, I had the, uh, the, the video I had of, of me, me filming the, the screen and then it not, not being lost. Then you could just hear me dropping F-bombs. But not not like not like derogatory, more of just I, I think I said I think I said what the F and I was like I was just like confused. And then it turned around to me and I was just like, oh my gosh, and whatever. Like I I I also in in kind of a, a similar breath, I, I wanted to make it clear <laughs> that I uh because so I you know I posted the video and I think I said something along the lines of when you trade up for a goalie and it's not yes for Wallstead, I, I don't, I, if <laughs> <laughs> that's all, that was, I, that was his biggest crime was not being yes for Wallstead. Right. I, I would oh, never, <laughs> I would never, ever on a public forum, try and convince a single soul on this planet that I know more about the game of hockey than Steve, Steve. Yeah. Eichmann. Yeah. That is, that is preposterous. So and, and, and I trust this front office more than it's crazy because the other three on the opposite, mm -hmm. but the wings have, I trust this front office blindly, yes. blindly. Yes. And I could have picked I, me and I'd be like, Oh, right. what am, what am they, I missing? They about my literally game, taken you know? Nolan Bianchi and I would have been like, all right, man, like let's ride. Yeah. Like it, I, at, and in that video, in, in none of my tweets afterwards, <laughs> did I come out and be like, you know, what a stupid pick, blah, blah, blah. Yes, for so on the board, whatever. Uh, with, with the people that we talked to in the, in the analysis that we did, the analysis that pretty much everyone did, there it was consensus that Jesper was not only the best goalie prospect in this draft, but one of the best of, of the last half a decade. And we are allowed to be shocked Yes. That he is not the first goalie taken off the board, especially when it's our own team that's that's making that a reality, right? Yeah, we are allowed Fair. to be shocked without coming going on and, and being like, oh my gosh, this is a stupid like pick. This is so dumb. Why would anyone do this? Like that was <laughs> never said. That was never said. So 
I think I think it's well. <laughs> I, I I honestly don't remember everything I said, but no, I, I didn't I didn't say that. I just I think it's I think it's there's a very big difference between being surprised but still supportive and saying that something is dumb. And I and like we ball, we ride. Like I'm yeah, all in yeah, now. Yeah, like yeah. It, it took. Yeah, it Sebastian Coase is our guy. It, right. It took me a night of of being absolutely shocked. And especially, you know, with the with the we had an interview with Desper and the relationship that that we had like kind of talked about to him before and stuff. It took me a night of 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 learning more about about this kid and and, and all the, that stuff and actually going in depth on him. Because like you mentioned, we didn't. It took uh, it took one night for me to get over it. And now mm-hmm. it's over. And it's and it's not an opinion I and have Sebastian anymore. Coase is our guy. And it and it's Coase's season that we ball and we ride and and that's <laughs> all there Coase is to it. Season. Like like as please, right, yeah, please like, I need you to like change add your I need you to change your app. Twitter handle for the day. <laughs> just to add Coase's season. season. And so uh, I I just in in a similar breath as you I just wanted to make that abundantly clear that the 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 I don't want the <laughs> shock I don't want the shock of the moment to to be confused for like um to be uh, confused for like disapproval or lack yeah. of faith in 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 the pick i i don't i think those are two very separate things and uh i i went through the same thing with jackson job so i'm having this conversation almost copy and paste just with a different name in um <laughs> on uh in in the for the tigers so i i just wanted to make that very clear on on this on this forum uh, well, let's actually get into Sebastian Cosa as a goaltender on the other side of this. I do want to quickly go over some of the, the, the trades that uh, the Red Wings made, including the one that they made uh, with the Dallas Stars to trade up and get Sebastian Cosa in that first round. They traded the 2021 first round pick, uh, which was the one that they got from Washington. Uh, they threw in a, a 2021 second and a 2021 fifth rounder. Uh, they made two more trades over the weekend, both of them coming on Saturday. The first one, they traded up to get Shea Booyam. And the uh, the second round, they moved up a few spots, traded back uh, or traded up from 38 to 36, ended up giving Vegas a uh, that pick at 38 and then a fourth round pick as well. Later on, they ended up trading with Vegas as well. Uh, they get fourth round pick Redmond Savage and fifth round pick Oscar Plandowski while giving a fourth round pick to the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas moves up. 12 spots uh, in the fourth round and Detroit gets an additional fifth out of it. Uh, so that's how that all came about. We're going to get more into COSA on the other side of this break, but first I got to talk to you about betonline.ag. Scott, I tell you what, it's a good thing that I didn't place a bet for Sebastian or for Jesper Wallstead to get drafted by the Red Wings after I saw the Red Wings trade it up. I was that, that I was ready to make like a, a million dollar bet on my life. Like, Hey, you can shoot me right now if they don't take them. Thank goodness. Same, man. Do that. <laughs> Same. Uh, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online or your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Let's go to play. 
Chris Perry. All right, segment three here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh, well, we're we're out of draft week. How do you how do you feel about that, Scott? I mean, I I feel like the weight of the world has been lifted off my shoulders. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to this little break we got coming in August. Uh, but yeah, it was a great time. I, uh, like I, it was, and and I I didn't mean to cut you off. The uh, it, I think that um, I. Uh, yeah, I, it, it was a, it was a, it was a lot. Uh, and I, and I also had, um, baseball draft is kind of overlaps a, a little bit there. Uh, for, a lot for, of it. Uh, They're like two weeks apart. I don't, I genuinely yes. don't know how you do it. It was, yeah. And God bless and, you, brother. So you're, you're yeah, it, it was, it was a lot, <laughs> but, but, uh, but you know what? I, it's, it's also probably the coolest thing I've ever done. Like, yeah. like seriously, I, I mean, going in and, and, I have never, n- never have I known as much about an, an entire non-baseball draft class in my entire life and any sport um, than I did this year's NHL class. And that was due to, to the deep dive that we did. And while it was uh, <laughs> overwhelming is the word for it uh, at times, just because of how those, those two, and I was juggling two at the same time there it was it was still one of the the coolest things that um that i'm done and i'm uh that i'm incredibly proud of of both of us for for doing because it was rigorous but it was it was also awesome to be there on you know even and be present on top of that on draft night and and know all of the first like 50 picks like that's crazy like that's cool you know what i mean like that's like that's sick so yeah um, yeah, while it, while it was very exhausting and I'm going to enjoy the, the hell out of the next, uh, you know, the next week or so for, for not having to do any draft prep in any sport, especially after, after we take Cade, it's just all over. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's going to be super, uh, like you said, a really big weight off the shoulders, but, but it is something that I'm, I'm very, very glad we did too. Cause it was, it was really awesome. So we should probably mention as well that the fun is like just getting started because free agency starts uh, on Wednesday. So that's going to yes, be something sir. to watch out for as well. But uh, in a span of 48 hours with the Kosa pick with the Alex Nadelkovich trade, Steve Eisenman in a matter of hours turned the Detroit Red Wings goaltending situation into something that was kind of a mess into now something that has been solved in the immediate future in the intermediary future and the distant future with the reigning Calder finalist in the Delkovich and the first goalie to go in this year's draft. Um, I just, I, I love it. Like I, 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 you know, you don't draft for need and I don't get the sense that they were drafting for, for need anywhere else. Uh, but this pick, it was painfully obvious once Keith Petrozelli announced that he wasn't going to sign with the Red Wings, that this team needed to do something to, get a serious goalie prospect in here. And I love that they did that. Like, I, I, I don't, you know, I didn't just want Wallstead for the fun of drafting Wallstead. Like I wanted, I, the Red Wings needed a goalie and, um, and a draft like this where uh, the, the value kind of starts to get a little bit murky in terms of, you know, the forwards and defensemen that you're going to be able to get in that range. I just love the pick of going up to get it. I know, you know, you gave up a second rounder to do it, but if you leave with somebody who you believe is the best goalie in the draft, then it is what it is. Um, Steve Eisenman did mention that the uh, price to move up any further than that was pretty expensive. I think they said that they tried to move down from any point around 13 
uh, or 12, maybe one, whenever Calgary's pick was, was when they kind of started to say, okay, uh, we think some goaltenders are going to start getting to go. Uh, and one of the important things that they said was uh, that his confidence was just kind of incredible. Um, they said, when you look at how he handles it, the conversations uh, we've had, uh, he said his eyes lit up and it was almost like he wanted to have more. Um, I mentioned that call with Osgood earlier. Ozzy talked about some of the early days in his career, um, told him some good stories. And I just like, I, I'm just listening to this and it's so crazy to, to sit there and just like, listen to Chris Draper, tell those stories, know that Steve Eiserman is coming up next, knowing that Nicholas Cromwell is helping the newest defenseman that they just drafted, knowing that Chris Osgood is helping the newest goalie that they just drafted. Like what an uh, unreal alumni group. And I think that's something that literally, that really lends itself to not just like the, the long-term, but on draft night, like, I think that's big. Like you got to have that genuinely in your front office um, because it, it, it really, they just present this image of, we know what we're doing and things that happen away from the ice or things that happen on the ice aside, like I would have no reason to believe otherwise if I only knew them uh, through these press conferences. On, uh, on Kosa over Wallstedt, uh, Eisman said, both are tremendous prospects. The exciting parts of getting a six foot six athletic goaltender it was something that just felt very intriguing to the team to do the uh, Detroit Red Wings. They said uh, Jesse Walleen was a, a scout that was able to watch him last year, and they just kept coming back with compliments. Have you watched Sebastian Kosa? I think one of the most amazing things about his game is like the, how he goes from six foot six Sebastian Kosa to yes. almost it like is. Jonathan Quick. Like he mm-hmm. he looked like, and that's obviously it's unbelievable. Jonathan Quick is a tiny man, but uh, if you just talk about like the setup that he can get into when the shots down low and when he want, needs to to peek around a defenseman or peek around a screener, like he just has so many options and resources and tools to lean on when it comes to stack, uh, stopping the puck, one of my favorite quotes, uh, comes from elite prospects. It says for now, he covers any agility related shortcomings with a level of creativity that is rare for among goaltenders at this stage in their development, where some goaltenders have to rely entirely on their structure to make saves. He's able to break from protocol when the moment calls for it. Kosa is able to throw technique out the window when he can't quite get the same low stance or fluid C cut that other goaltenders can. I think a, yes, it's the first thing you notice. The first thing you notice is the agility and the ability to fill the entire net with his size and then be athletic and, and not, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of the first thing you notice when watching him. The thing that is so unbelievable to me is the fact that in Butterfly, he's almost covering both bottom corners yeah. because of how massive of a human he is. Like that is... That is not developable. That is unteachable. No. It is, that is something that that very few human beings can do, and it is awesome. And it's crazy when he does it in game, and and you go down, and, and he's in the butterfly, and it takes him like almost no effort to go from you know ba- backing the left bottom left corner to backing the bottom right corner. It is it is unbelievable, and it's yeah. one of the coolest things you will see. Uh, and I think that, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic about it. I I think it's, I think it's a super, again, like he's going to be talked about a lot. And I think, like you said, that the goalie situation of this team has, has gone, it's done a complete 180 in a span of two days. And now we're looking at a situation where 
where like a year and a half to two years from now, both of our goalies could be one early twenties, one late twenties, like, like that, that is, that is my dream is like yeah. that, that situation. You have is, a Jacob Markstrom Thatcher Demko thing going on. Right. Exactly. Like uh, you, you kind of hope that eventually, you know, Nivel Nadelkovich just kind of, I mean, obviously that's a, that's a long ways away, but um, for sure, you know, I think the thing is about Kosa uh, too is he's just a, like a really fun goaltender to watch. Like you mentioned his ability to get from side to side. The most fun time when he does that is like on the rush. When he goes from side to side on the rush and then pops back up, it looks unnatural. Like it, 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 it is unnatural. Um, and I know that there are the, the gripes about the league he was playing in, the WHL. The consensus is that he was the only good goaltender playing on the only really good team um and so i I guess that that, you know just like simon edvinson there are things that you still need to see and um he's still a prospect he's not going to step into this door in a year in two years i would be hard pressed to to say that you know maybe in three years but i honestly would not uh predict that by any stretch of the imagination goaltenders they take some time um for sure I'm not quite sure where he's going to play next season. I'll have to get some clarity on that um, sometime in the next week. But all things considered, just a super fun round of the first uh, of the NHL draft. And you walked away on Saturday night or on Friday night thinking, despite the fact that neither of the players that I wanted at six and 15 got drafted, you still came away with two really, really, really exciting players, two players who might end up as the uh, you know centerpieces of your future. There's definitely a case to be made that one day Simon Edvinson could be uh, could be a Norris winner. You know, if this team is contending for cups, like he has the gusto um, and he has that skating ability that that so many people are looking for in young defensemen in the NHL these days. And that's something that you can't teach. Um, and so just, just with these two guys, I love their size. I love uh, just, just kind of like all, I uh, honestly, I'm like kind of thinking of, of size as like an intangible, even though it's not an intangible. Um, but I just love that, that this lineup hopefully in, you know, two, three, four years, like has an average height of six foot two. <laughs> yes. No. And I, and I think you make a really good point there, man. Like even, even if neither of those picks are the people you wanted or were at the top of their list. And I mean, we were vocal uh, going into the draft. Neither of those two were people that were, that were really at the top of ours, but it, it, the, the lack of upside is definitely not absent from either of them. Those are, those are, these are two people that very well could be end up being very promising. They're also very exciting players and, uh, I'm I'm all in, baby. We ball. I'm I'm super pumped, and I'm I'm really happy with round one, man. For real. Uh, all right, we are going to wrap up for today's episode. We will be back to go deeper on rounds two through seven. Uh, please subscribe; it helps us grow, uh, and it's the only way to make sure that each and every morning when you wake up, a new episode is waiting for you. If you have positive feedback, please tell us in our reviews. If you have negative feedback, please tell me in my DMs, and we'll see you guys back here tomorrow, same time, same place. It's your team every day hey guys this is mo cider from the joy reference you guys listen to it like that very much you're locked on red wings 
your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.